welcome to Ask the Therapist, the Resilience Series. Over the next 12 weeks, I'll be releasing an episode every fortnight focusing on how to build resilience. Each episode will focus on one of the six steps outlined in my free download, which is available on the website, sarahdreese.co.uk, which is called The Six Steps to Resilience. I'm your host, Sarah Reese, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist with over 20 years experience in the field of mental health. This is episode four of the mini series on resilience, which supports the free guide you can download from my website. If you head over to my website, sarahdreese.co.uk, there's a link at the top of the homepage where you can download it. You will then be added to my email list and I send out a Friday piece of mindset mail every week. But of course, you can subscribe at any time if you're getting too many emails. In the Six Steps Guide to Resilience, I show you how to build a resilient psychological foundation so you can feel calmer, in control and can focus on living a full and contented life. In previous episodes, I've gone through step one, two and three. Step one is all about getting the basics right. Step two is about journaling. Step three is about knowing your stress anchors. And step four, which I'm covering today, is about being more self-compassionate. Having trained in compassion-focused therapy with Professor Paul Gilbert, it's an area I'm really passionate about. Because as a CBT therapist, just like Professor Paul Gilbert did, soon after you've completed your training and you feel really excited that you've got all the tools to help people improve their well-being, you then become really interested about the times when CBT doesn't work that well and why that is. And Professor Paul Gilbert found in his research that underlying this is often self-criticism and shame. I've talked more about this on the podcast with Professor Paul Gilbert on episode 43 and Dr Mary Welford on episode 6. In this episode, I'm going to go over what self-compassion is, why it's so important, the core qualities of self-compassion, and then we're going to do a self-compassion exercise. So you can start training your mind in self-compassion. When we understand about the importance of developing more self-compassion, the next stage is about putting it into practice, getting the action in, and that is compassionate mind training. So let's start with getting an understanding of what self-compassion is. Compassion is shaped by two psychologies. The first is about the ability to turn towards and engage with difficulty or suffering for us or others. And the second is about having the motivation, strength, courage and wisdom to then alleviate and work on improving that suffering or difficulty. A common myth about compassion is that it's as simple as just being nice and kind and caring. And while those are lovely qualities, A fully compassionate approach means engaging with the motivation of compassion and engaging in strength, courage and wisdom too. So picture yourself when you are at your very best, when you feel really strong, in control, courageous, full of wisdom, when you are motivated to do a good deed or help somebody who's suffering and you really know the right course of action to take. Notice how that feels in your body. This is you at your compassionate best. Compassion requires you to turn towards difficult experiences, emotions and feelings, not avoiding them or numbing them. Because when we avoid and numb from one emotion, you're actually avoiding and numbing all emotions and feelings too. And we don't want this. Turning towards difficulty requires the ability to be vulnerable. 
And this is really not easy. Being vulnerable actually takes a lot of strength and courage. To be vulnerable, you need to build resilience and strength. So practicing compassion practices helps you tone up your strength and resilience in this area to be able to turn towards difficulty and to to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Avoiding vulnerability is much easier because we don't have to feel things, but it prevents you from fully engaging with difficulty and struggles. And then it prevents you from working with the struggles, improving it, and we stay stuck. And also, we're not then tolerant to managing difficult emotions or situations. We become quite avoidant. We instinctively know that when somebody is suffering, distressed or struggling in some way, what would be most useful? And it's somebody who's going to be kind, caring, attentive, being able to engage with what they're struggling with and then to help them with the situation. We know intuitively that it's not useful to be harsh or critical. In fact, that definitely makes most situations, in fact, all situations a lot worse. And it just adds another layer of suffering to the situation. When we are not able to be compassionate with ourselves, we increase our own distress in the very same way. And when we're harsh and critical with ourselves, our suffering increases and maintains our experience of shame. When we become more self-compassionate, our well-being improves because we are less self-focused and be, we can then put our attention outwards and be co- more cooperative with others. There are three flows to compassion. The compassion to others. Most people I meet, in fact, 99.9% would say that compassion to others is easy for them. It's what they do day in, day out. They can feel this caring motivation of compassion towards other people. What most people struggle with, and it is really tricky, is often it's allowing compassion in from other people. So allowing others to care for you. And then people also struggle often with self-compassion, being caring and compassionate to yourself. Jack Cornfield wrote, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. So to be fully compassionate and live life in a compassionate way, which is best for our own well-being and those around us, we need the full three flows of compassion in place. Self-compassion is just the same as having compassion for others. Take a moment about the experience of having compassion for others. Do you remember a time when somebody you deeply cared for was suffering in some way? Just take a moment to think if you can bring to mind a memory. What does that feel like? Think about how it organises your mind, your thoughts, the things that you're motivated to do. It's far more than just being kind. Compassion is part of our motivational system that organises our thoughts and our behaviours and our minds. An example that Professor Paul Gilbert often shares in his teaching is that if you are walking at the side of the river and you look over and you see somebody wailing about, they're drowning, they obviously can't swim, you might have a compassionate motivation to jump in and save them. And maybe you do that. But if you can't swim, that is not compassion. You drown too. It's just dangerous. Sometimes in that moment, you have to have the strength and the wisdom and the courage to not just jump in, but to do what is right, which if you can't swim, it's to go and phone 999 and shout for help. 
So self-compassion involves acting the same way towards yourself when you're having a difficult time. Instead of just ignoring your pain with a stiff upper lip mentality, you need to stop and tell yourself, this is really difficult now. I'm really struggling. This is hard. And that's validating your emotions. Often we don't get our emotions or our feelings validated. How often do you say to yourself, this is really tough? Or how can I comfort and care for myself in this moment, given this struggle or difficulty that I'm going through? When you practice self-compassion, you're building your own inner resilience and courage. It's good for you and everybody around you and everybody who cares for you. A good example is when you're on a plane, and hopefully this never happens, but if the oxygen mask falls, you're taught to put your own oxygen mask on first, and then you can safely look after others. If you're not looking after you, you're not great for other people. Being self-compassionate is also a much easier way to go through life, which is good because life is really tough and it's always going to have its challenges. And being harsh, self-critical or berating yourself adds a really another thick layer of struggle onto what often is already difficult anyway. So let's now go through a self-compassionate exercise. It's going to take around 10 minutes, so you might want to pause the episode, especially if you're driving, and wait until you have 10 minutes. But if you have 10 minutes, we're going to do a little compassionate exercise. Some people find self-compassionate exercises difficult or upsetting especially if you're not used to caring for yourself, looking after yourself. If this is the case for you, just do what you can do. Notice your experience, take a pause, maybe write it out. and Think about what you need and how you can support yourself given that you find this difficult and maybe come back to it at a later time. With practice, it just gets easier. Remember, even if you can't finish the exercise, all information is good information. It can just be a sign that you need a little bit more care. And this is just the start of your compassionate journey. So hopefully you've found somewhere where you can sit quietly and you won't be disturbed. I want you to sit upright and just imagine a piece of string coming from the top of your head. And just imagine somebody pulling that string gently to straighten you just a little bit further. Your shoulders are back, yet relaxed. Notice the way your breath gently flows around your body, giving you the oxygen that you need. Notice life supporting you, your feet on the ground and that sense of being grounded. Notice being held by your chair. And allow the rhythm of your breath to create space for your mind. Calming your mind down to just be in this moment. Your mind will wander and just bring it back to your breath. The soothing rhythm of your breath. Working with your breath is the first stage of calming your mind for a compassionate practice. You may notice your body slowing down. Allow yourself to be curious about what's coming up for you, what you notice, and allow thoughts to come and pass without judgment. Focusing on the soothing rhythm of your breathing. 
want you to imagine a time when you have operated at your real best. Maybe an image comes to mind. Notice how that feels in your body. You might notice some qualities such as strength, wisdom, feeling of motivation, a caring motivation, a sense of courage. Notice how it alters your posture and the feeling of operating at your best, how that feels in your body. Now I want you to think of a struggle you have, nothing too difficult, maybe something's come up today or earlier this week. And allow yourself to compassionately turn towards this difficulty, just allow it to be there in your mind. Turning towards this difficulty from a place of warmth, Strength, courage and wisdom. How does it feel? Allow yourself to have a warm, friendly smile. Facial expressions really help to enhance these feelings of compassion. Noticing the facts that all of us have really tricky brains. You did not choose this difficulty. Life can be really hard. And just notice yourself compassionately responding to this struggle or difficulty you brought up. Allowing yourself time to just notice this. Engaging again with all the qualities that you have as your most compassionate self. Allow an image of yourself to stand before you and share your compassionate wishes with yourself. Wishing yourself strength, courage, warmth, wisdom. That things can be difficult, but it's not your fault. Noticing where you feel strength in your body. Adjust your body posture to really align with this strength. As you sit here in this moment for you, spending time noticing qualities of your compassionate self, there may be more qualities that arise in your mind. There may be ones that I've mentioned that you have a block to or some resistance to. Without judgment, just notice those. Compassionately consider what you need with a real caring intention and deep understanding of how you need to support yourself. How does this feel in your body? 
in a soft and caring tone, I want you to say to yourself in your mind, may I be well, may I be strong, courageous, have the ability to tolerate the challenges that occur in life. Just notice how that feels in your body when you wish yourself strength, courage, wisdom, care, compassion. Is there any resistance? Does that feel nice? Imagine living life with these qualities. And I want you to just come back to your breath. Refocusing your attention on your breath, the soothing rhythm of your breathing, noticing how your body feels. I just want you to bring a bit of movement into your body, maybe begin to wiggle your fingers and toes, open your eyes or raise your gaze if you've just had your eyes lowered. Just have a stretch. If you're going to stand up, stand up slowly, maybe shake it down. Roll your shoulders back a few times. How is that? Even just reading through that, I feel much calmer. My posture's changed. It's incredible how it creates those little changes, which can be really useful. After these exercises, as I went through that, you might have noticed some blocks and resistance, maybe some irritations at some of the things I said, especially if you're not used to doing this. And that's really normal. It can be really hard if we're not used to extending compassion to ourselves. But you really need to keep in line with why you're doing this. We know that being more self-compassionate improves our resilience our well-being we're much better for other people we can engage with other people's struggles because we're not inwardly focused which when we're stressed burnt out overwhelmed we go into ourselves and we are blocked to helping other people so practices like this will be helpful for you and those around you so if you have time now it could be really useful to just write some notes on how you find this what you liked, what you didn't like, what was difficult, whether any challenges, blocks or resistance, and just get really curious about them. Often what we resist or block or find difficult is exactly where we need to be. So if you try this exercise again, really try and lean into those areas where you found it a bit difficult and really allow yourself to get more curious about what comes up for you. You could also try this exercise looking at a mirror or a photo of yourself. That's a recommendation from a book by Chris Irons and Elaine Beaumont. They've written the Compassionate Mind Workbook and this exercise that I wrote was influenced by their book. So thank you to Chris and Elaine. It's a book I highly recommend. So they, one of the things they suggest is practicing some self-compassion exercises whilst looking at yourself in the mirror. So that's maybe stage two or stage three. This is compassionate mind training, working on compassionate exercises to tone up your ability to experience compassion and in turn tone up your tolerance for difficulty, build resilience, because you'll be then more in tune with how to support yourself and have practice turning towards things that are uncomfortable. 
I'd love to know how you found this exercise, what you thought of it, what you struggled with, what you liked. So do drop me an email or you can find me on Instagram and send me a DM. Thanks for listening to Ask the Therapist, the resilience series. Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast and share your favourite episodes on social media using the hashtag Ask the Therapist. This episode was written and presented by me, Sarah Reese, edited by Big Tech Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.